0: Welcome to Walk With Me, a ministry of Cornerstone Church. Hi, my name's Tori, and I'll be your host. Sometimes when I want to make a new friend, I'll say, come walk with me, and we'll talk. My goal for this podcast is that we, as women, would walk together and enjoy sweet community in Christ. Hey listeners, today we're going to do something a little bit um, strange maybe and a lot unconventional and I'm going to interview myself. Never done this before, so we're in this together. Here goes. Today on our program we have Tori Havercamp. Tori, welcome. Hello, thanks for having me. Um, maybe I should use like a different voice so we can distinguish between host and guest. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Maybe you could do like a pirate voice or something. Argh. <laughs> or maybe not. Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself, your family, your job at Cornerstone, and whatever else you want to add. Okay, my name is Tori Haverkamp. Um, I am married to Brent Haverkamp. We have four kids. Um, Luke is 25 and lives in China with his wife, Jessica. Tess is uh, 23 and a second-year grad student at the University of Iowa. Shay is our third child. She is 20 and a junior at the University of Iowa. And Cole is our last child and he is 18 and at Iowa State. Finally a Cyclone. Woohoo! Go Cyclones and uh, Hawkeyes I guess. A little bit about my job at Cornerstone. I am the Women's Ministry Leader at Cornerstone and I started, it will be uh, the start of my fifth year in January, and I do a variety of things at Cornerstone. Right now, I am helping to lead a women's ministry study on the book of Pilgrim's Progress, and that has been very interesting. What is the best thing about working with women in the church? Hmm. The best thing about working with women in the church? Well, I think as a whole, women are interested in the things of God, um, the whole rise of feminism in our society, rather than give women freedom has kind of made them feel, I think, confused and frantic about their roles. And rather than give them, um, ease, it has made them discontented. And so I think most women hunger for solid truth and they learn for great leaders. And I think God's role for a womanhood, um, Being a sensitive, nurturer, reliable, helpmate, a life giver, I think that's truly innate to the majority of women, both in the church and out, whether they want to admit it or not. So when we are comfortable and clear in our roles, things seem more solid. And I think contentment comes easier um, for women. And I think sometimes more choices um, make us scared we don't know what to do. So uh, women are more emotional, which can make them more open to the things of the spirit, but can also make them more open to the devil's temptations to use those emotions in the wrong way. So the thing I like most about women is they tend to be very um, hungry for uh, um, instructions on how to live their life in a biblical way. And I love that. Okay, now, what's the worst thing about working with women in the church? The worst thing. Hmm. Um, what I see when I work with women, and not only do I lead Bible studies and things like that, but I often uh, meet with women kind of in a discipling, one-on-one kind of mentoring-type relationships, and I see that a lot of women, um, they lack confidence. And I think it's probably more prevalent today because – They look at each other on social media and decide that their life is not good enough and they don't measure up. And I think that's really damaging because um, God made us each with our own life and our own role. And if we choose to be discontented with that role, then um, we are not going to reach the full potential that he has um, planned for us. And so I think lack of confidence because of our comparison to others is... Um, it's really damaging. And I also see uh women my age, I would say, let's say forty five and older. Sometimes we, um, especially the moms, uh, who have young children, we work really, really hard during those years and we're exhausted and we put in a lot of time and we do a lot of things and then as those kids get older and they go to school, we sometimes feel like, Oh, I've put in my time, I'm gonna check out and that's the very time when those women need to step in and be a mother to other young moms around them or young college students because they have the wisdom of the years and they have gone through some of the uh, more difficult, let's say, challenges in jobs or marriages or having children. And so I would really encourage the older women to um, step up to the roles of Titus II woman and, and share with the younger women around them and even some of the older ones what Things that God has taught them through their journey. Because those are the real gems in our church. And the real treasures are the women who have lived life and have gained wisdom. So those are the two things I guess I would say were the worst. Although I find working with women really delightful. So is working in ministry a more godly job than let's say being a stay-at-home mom or teaching school or working at a bank? Oh, I wouldn't say that working in ministry is a more godly job. I do have the advantage of thinking about things of God and his word more often, which I love. But I was a stay-at-home mom for 20-plus years and found that job to be probably more more sanctifying than this. Um, there's so many things that are built into your character when you're doing just the normal drudgery of life that can that can teach you about submission and servanthood and forgetting about yourself and loving others. So I wouldn't say that being in ministry is a more godly job. I think anywhere God puts you, um, let's say being a bank teller, I think if you do that for the glory of God and do it to the best of your ability, then that's the most spiritual thing you can do right then. And that is a really good thing, and that's God's plan. So ministry is fantastic because our focus is on the word of God and on God himself and on building community between believers. But I don't think it's a more spiritual job in any way. Um, just like any other job, we have tasks that we need to do and our character is really shown through a really normal everyday, um, attitude. And, um, we show our character, I think more when we have to work in our normal everyday, Things than we're on the when we're on the mountaintops. So, no, I would say it's a fantastic opportunity, but it's not a more godly role per se. Let me tell you one story. So, when I was a a stay at home mom with four young kids, I felt like I was continually forever doing laundry. I don't know if any of you can relate to that, but I was doing laundry and I really liked hanging out clothes because it gave me a few minutes alone. So, I would wash my clothes and then I would hang them on a clothesline outside and. One day, when I was hanging out my clothes all by myself, I was kind of uh, grumbling to God and I said, God, I'd love to do really big things for you and lead out on this and have more time to spend in your word, but these kids, this family, and it's almost as if God stopped to me mid-sentence as I was grumbling and said, Tori, what you're doing right now is exactly what I want you to be doing. And you know what I was doing? I was hanging out laundry, the most mundane of motherly tasks. And so um, I would say that if you are in the place where God has put you and you're doing it and you are um, maybe not even having the best attitude about it, but doing it because what God has put in front of you, then that is the job God has given you right then. And that in itself is pleasing because you're achieving um, what God has set before you. And so take heart in those times of changing diapers and doing um, spreadsheets and serving people because uh, that's what God has placed you in in this season and he wants you to do a good job of it and that in itself is pleasing to him. Okay, that's really good, but now you're in a little different stage and there are things that you can do to kind of keep up to date and stay in step with God. Now, don't hear me wrong. I believe that salvation is by Faith alone. But there are some things that we can do to get closer to God. What are some of the disciplines that you employ to stay current or stay in step with God? Hmm. Some disciplines that help me kind of stay in step. Well, right now, Brett and I are um, empty nesting, which is a whole new phase where we can actually sit at the table and talk to one another without interruption, um, which is very wonderful. So right now we're going through the Bible reading plan that Cornerstone's going through. And um, that's a really fantastic thing because, number one, it's a plan. Uh, Number two, it's like three days, four days a week. I can't remember. Um, And so it's not overwhelming. It's achievable. So that's a wonderful thing. I love having a plan. So if I'm not doing that, um, I have some sort of other plan. I've gone through Bibles that are a chronological day-by-day Bible. And that helps me because even though the one-year Bible usually takes me two or two and a half years to get through, I know what I'm doing the next day because I just turn to the next page. So having a plan really, really helps me and it makes me not feel like, huh, what do I do next? So for Bible reading, I would say that that's key for me is having a plan. Secondly, I'm kind of a, a journaler. I haven't been journaling as much lately, but I normally journal. um, I'll write down what I've learned in the Bible or things that are concerning me or things God has been kind of uh, pressing in on me and I'll ask questions and I'll write down um, thoughts and it just kind of helps me organize uh, everything that's running around wildly in my head. So journaling I think is really good too because I'll record answers to prayers and Um, it helps me look back kind of like the Israelites did in the Bible. They often repeated what God had done and his faithfulness and all of the things in history that he, the ways he showed that he loved them and took care of them. So that helps me to look back in my journals and say, Oh, God was listening. He answered this prayer. So that, that's been good for me. Journaling has been good for me. Um, another thing that really helps me because my emotions tend to be rogue, um, they tend to go off on their own and do what they want. I have to really discipline myself to think with truth. And so to do that, um, I know where to find truth and that's in the Bible. So I try to be um, memorizing scripture almost always. And so um, one of my biggest achievements um, has been memorizing the book of Ephesians lately. And now, uh, lest you get too impressed, it's taken me over two years to do that. And, And the way I do it is I meet with a, another gal once a week and we go over our verses together. So not only do I learn my own verses, I actually learn her verses too and recognize them. And so that's a a great method for me because I have to be accountable because if I'm not accountable to someone, I will not do it because it's super hard for me. Scripture memory is not something I actually look forward to because it's really, really hard for me, but it is something that fills my mind with truth so that when I want to think with lies, I actually have the truth standing right there to compare it to. So scripture memory is key for me and Um, renewing my mind. So those would be some of the key things that I do uh, to keep um, in the way that you say uh, in step with God. So you're in ministry, so you think about this stuff, theology, God, um, your relationship with him a lot. Um, So does God teach you more through your personal time alone with him or through the studies you offer through your ministry or both? Hmm. So does God teach me more through my personal time or through studies? Well, both. Um, I think lately, probably, um, I do a lot of walking, especially in the sunrise. And so God often meets me there. And I don't mean physically meets me, but he meets me, um, because I seek him and he kind of answers questions in my head. And I think walking in the sunrise has helped me feel really loved by God. Seems strange, but Uh, you know, that's how natural, uh, kind of general revelation works. God shows himself through nature. And for some reason that makes me feel very confident that he's there and he hears me. And so that's been a, a good practice for me. So I think that has been a way to teach myself that God truly loves me and uh, wants to spend time with me. So that would be a, a way that he teaches me about himself in my personal time. Um, but um, like I said earlier, we're going through the book of Pilgrim's Progress and, um, our Bible study this semester. And I've learned so much from that. And God has taught me, um, through the way that Paul Bunyan, um, John Bunyan, Paul was the, the big giant, John Bunyan wrote, um, about characters. Um, God has showed me those characters, not only in other people, but in myself. And so, Because John put a name with certain emotions or characteristics, it's really helped me learn about myself and the way I try to deceive myself with certain things or the way I try to justify or rationalize things. And so God's really been teaching me about himself through that as well. So I would say both. Um, Yeah. So what's one thing God has been teaching you lately? And how did he teach you this? One thing God has been teaching me about lately, and it's come up several times, and so I know it's from God. You know how He does that sometimes easy He shows you something in the sermon and then in the word and then in the worship song and then in somebody's comment and over and over, so you know He's trying to get your attention and so um, this is something God's really shown me I'd say in the last two or three weeks and uh I'm pretty aware of how I think, but I didn't know this about myself and so Um, God has shown me lately that I have been forever breaking the 10th commandment. Thou shalt not covet. Um, I'll just put it out there. I covet. And I didn't know I coveted. Coveted, coveting is wanting or desiring something that's not yours or something you don't have for yourself and then being dissatisfied, um, that you don't have it. And so I would never said I covet. I'm not really into a whole bunch of material stuff. um, not a shopper. It's not that kind of thing. Um, God has shown me that I covet other people's lives. So pretty much for as long as I can remember, I have wanted to be someone else. So when I was a little girl, I wanted to be my sisters because they were either really good in school or popular or really fantastic, uh, superstars at sports. And then as I uh, in college. I wanted to be the better college student and be more successful in, um, my major. And then as I, um, got married and had children, I wanted to be that mom who made all the baby food or made her kids clothes or was super creative. And then as my kids grew, um, I, I just wanted to be different. I wanted to be someone else. And now, um, in this phase, when I have a little more time to spend on myself, I'll see other people who write blogs or produce um, beautiful pieces of artwork. And I like to write, and I like to paint and do things. And so when I see people being successful in areas that I would like to be successful, then I immediately want their life. And then it I become discontented with the life God has given me. And I am telling him that God... What you did was wrong, and you made me wrongly, and that is just not a thankful heart there, and it makes me constantly discontented. And in this, in, uh, in the same way, it also makes me kind of jealous of other people, and so I don't want them to succeed. I want to be the one to succeed, and so God's just shown me that ugliness in my heart that. I have been coveting all my life. I've been a coveter, and um, I wasn't even aware of it. And so the other day I was looking at something on Facebook, which by the way, gals is not a very good place to spend your time, but I was on Facebook and I saw something about a gal who has blogged in the past. And she just said, Hey, I'm going to try to make this more of a weekly occurrence and tell you what God's teaching me. And I immediately thought, Oh, I want to do that. And she's better at that than me. And, I don't like her because of that. And gals, that's just a really, really bad place. And so immediately God brought to mind, that's coveting. And immediately I agreed. I knew it was coveting. And so I tried to replace that covetous attitude and feelings with thankfulness. And I decided that I needed to be satisfied with who God made me and um, use the gifts that he had given me and not want everything that everybody else had. And so... I'm really trying to be thankful because I know thankfulness brings out um my contentment and um I need to be patient and be satisfied with the way that God has made me because he has a story and a uh purpose for me and he has a lot of things for me to do and um I need to be content with where he has me and so that's one thing he's really taught me lately is that I'm a coveter and it's a commandment it's the tenth commandment and I don't want to be like that. And so I've been praying that he would show me when I'm thinking like that, which he has, and he's been very faithful, and to help me to turn that into gratefulness and give uh, um, a sacrifice of thanksgiving at that point. Just say, God, yep, you're right, and I don't want to be that way, so I'm thankful about this. So that's how I've dealt with that lately. And um, I'm really really very uh, loved by the fact that God shows me what's not like him and then he helps me to change it. Great insights. Thanks for telling us that. So what's one thing you're going to do as a result of this epiphany? So what am I going to do about this epiphany? Um, Well, like I said, I'm trying to be more thankful in that moment, but I also think I'm going to develop the gifts that God has given me and do what I can with the gifts that God has given me, and then just really rejoice when other people excel in the areas that I would like to excel in. But Um, to desire to please God alone and not people. And so I think I'll just have to continue to um, think with truth and to work hard to do the things that God has planned for me and to be satisfied with the skills and limitations he's given me. And so to reemphasize that to myself, I'll probably try to tell people about this kind of epiphany I had about covening over and over, because as I tell people, it kind of reiterates it in my mind. And then it becomes real and I can realize that's who I am and I want to change and I want to do the best I can with what he's given me. So I guess that's what I'll do. I'll I'll teach myself and teach others about the way that God intends us to think. Thanks for your time today. And would you like to pray that God would work mightily in the women at Cornerstone and in our society as a whole before you leave? Sure. I'd love to pray for the women, um, that God loves and that he would love to draw to himself. So God, first of all, I just, I'm so, um, thankful that you allow us to enter into your courts with freedom and confidence. God, you do this because, um, Jesus died in our place and he became the mediator between, um, you and us and, um, we have freedom to enter into the Holy of Holies where you are. And God, thanks for um, working in us and through us and making us women. It's, it's a wonderful thing to be a woman um, with a sensitive spirit and um, just so many different capabilities and uniquely different than men. And so God, help us to be thankful to be women. Help us to be um, women who listen to truth and not to necessarily our emotions. Help our emotions to bring you glory in that grief. Um, That's a hard thing sometimes because emotions can be very loud, but I pray that your voice would be louder to us and that we would learn to value you and obedience to you and your lordship more than we want ourselves and our own lives and um, our own glory. So God, you've been faithful to me in the past and you'll continue to be faithful in the future. I pray that you would um, continue to work through the women to make them desire you more, to teach them more about yourself and that for those women who don't know you, that you would Um, Draw them with cords of loving kindness and that you would be uh, working in them because you say in your word that no one comes to you except by um, the Father, and so you draw them, and any spiritual interest is the result of you drawing them close. So I pray that that would be the case with the women in our community and that we as Cornerstone women would be a great reflection of the sweetness of Jesus. So God, help us to live out our faith um, in ways that bring you glory, and I pray all these things in your name. Amen. Thanks for walking along with us today. I'd love to get to know you better, so let's walk again sometime, shall we?